Um, anyway, so I'm talking about connecting with God. Um, so we're in the series, as Grant talked about, uh, which has got three parts. So the first part is connecting with God, and then we're going to talk about connecting with each other and like, a lot of community stuff. And then the last part of the series, which will lead us into camp, is about um, connecting with others, right? So that's kind of where we're heading. Um, and today I'm continuing to talk about connecting with God. And last week I talked about, um, I wanted to introduce a little bit more about God, right? And so I talked a bit about God's holiness and God's sovereignty. And I had a few people email me and text me and go, oh my gosh, good sermon. Some of them didn't say good sermon, but I'll put that in. But it was really heavy. So today I thought I'd do a little bit more chill one, right? So there's still lots of Bible and some theology, but it's not so kind of, kind of grunty, right? Um, so one of the phrases I want to say, which will appear on there, which I'm trying to remember in my head, is, it's not going to work. Ah, they'll figure it out. Um, is, I'm trying to remember what it is. Oh, you matter to God, so your prayers matter. Does it make sense? You matter to God, so your prayers matter. So one of the things I want to talk about a lot this morning is one of the reasons that prayer is so cool is because you really matter to God. God really, really cares about you. And when you pray, God's not like, oh my gosh, those clowns are talking to me again. Oh my God. God's never like that because you matter to him, right? Because he loves you. He cares about you. Instead, when we pray, God's like, woohoo, they're talking to me instead of ignoring me or whatever, right? So... So this is the phrase. So you're going to have to say this in a minute. So try and focus, right? So here's the phrase. We've um, <laughs> got to remember it, right? Um, you matter to God, so your prayers matter, right? You matter to God, so your prayers matter. So Etu, let's all stand up. Go and find a few people. And just remember this. We have some immunocompromised and some people that don't want to touch. So don't race up and hug people. So go and say to a few people, G'day, good to see you. But say, wait, 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 wait. Say you matter to... Man, everyone's going. Oh, I give up. Ugh. Hey, there it is. Shop, bro. Thanks, man. So good. You matter to God, so your prayers matter, right? You? I think you matter to God, so your prayers matter. Shop, bro. Oh, crazy. I'm about to tell you why. That's not a bad thing. No, you. Oh. All right, Enohoa, Enohoa, have a seat, eh? Have a seat. Good to see you. Shot Cheryl for sorting it out. Hey, and a special welcome to all the podcast people and the people watching online. So, still having heaps of people watching us online each week, which is really cool, like from around the country. So, so. Kia ora to you, wherever you are. Hey, um, so the plan was to have you go and say that to a few people, but everyone just kind of rocks off. You guys are the most disrespectful, not disrespectful, like naughty church ever, I don't know. Hey, so I want to start with a bit of a challenging phrase, and I debated whether or not I use this or not, because it can, it can make you feel guilty, and that's the last thing I want to do, right? So this is, this is a quote that's a very common quote when we talk about prayer, which is what I'm, I'm talking about this morning is prayer, right? This is it here. Our prayer life is the best reflection of our view on prayer by Juan Carlos Heredia. So this can make you feel stink, right? Um, but I, I don't want you to do that because that's just nuts. Because <laughs> um, the whole point in the sermon is that you matter to God. So 
But at the same time, I wanted to start with just that kind of reflection, right? The, the amount of prayer we do is directly related to our relationship with God, I think. And that's a big part of what I want to talk about. The more I understand that God loves me, the more I understand that God cares about me, the more I understand that God really listens to me and changes the course of my life and the life of others based on my prayers, the more I'll pray. Does it make sense, are you with me? So I'm not trying to be rude when I say this. If, if you don't pray much, the, the number one reason has to be because your relationship with God is just shaky or something. <laughs> because the more you understand God loves you and cares about you and loves to hear you pray, the more you're going to pray. Does it make sense, are you with me? So I'm, I'm not, if you're like sitting there going, oh man, I feel so embarrassed because I hardly ever pray, then that's not where I'm going at all, right? Um, but I do think there's a direct correlation between our understanding of how much God loves us and cares about us, how much we matter, to how much our prayers matter to God, right? Um, I stole a few of these points um, from this guy, Juan Carlos Heredia. I think I'm saying it roughly right. Joan, am I saying his name close, you reckon? This is from a Spanish church over in Texas. Close enough? All right. We'll move on whether I am or not. It's all good. So shot Juan Carlos and that last name that I can't say. Okay, so here's the first point, which is what we were meant to just say to each other, and I hope some of you did, so that was cool. Um, you matter to God, so your prayers matter, right? Um, if you've been coming along to Agora for, uh, I don't know, any amount of time, hopefully you hear this all the time that you matter, that you're really important to God. It's kind of a core of who we are. We talk about this all the time, and for years and years and years going back, the church has constantly talked about, God loves you. He cares about you. You're really important to him, right? He wants to be involved in your life. It's a core thing that we say. So um, so if you haven't heard that lately, I just want to say it again. Um, God really loves you. <laughs> he really does. Um, we're good at putting ourselves down and discounting ourselves for a variety of reasons, right? Um, but God loves to lift us up. He loves to speak to us and guide us and care for us and discipline us and all that. Um, so you really do matter to God, right? I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what your past is, what baggage you're carrying. We all carry baggage from past stuff. <laughs> but I just wanted you to hear this morning, you really matter. You're really important to God. He loves you way more than you understand, way more <laughs> than you understand. Um, uh, and I want to uh, read a couple of verses. So in case you're like, really? Prove it from the Bible! I knew some of you would say that. So... I prepared some verses, right? Um, so some of these are ones Emily read, so shot Emily. Um, but I just love this verse from Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. I'll read it again. Um, this is the New Living Translation. It says, Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a, I love that, eh? for a thousand generations, which in Hebrew culture meant forever. That's the way you'd say forever, right? And this next bit just makes me like burst into tears. Oh. And he lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Lavishes. How, just turn to someone beside you and say, lavishes, because that's a good phrase, right? All right. So it's sermon illustration time. So one of the hard, I'm not going to eat it, because then I'll speak weird and it'll go crazy, but... um. So I work here at church, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and the greatest thing is I don't really have an office because I just sit in the cafe and work all day, which is phenomenal, and drink usually way too much coffee and silly things like that. And pretty much every single morning I eat one of these bad boys. So this is one of their breakfast muffins that I absolutely love. I don't know how many I've eaten over the time. Um, so I usually go up and order it, and the staff know I'm lactose intolerant, which always makes me feel kind of weak, but I don't, I don't know. So they have to take the cheese off, which is a nightmare because when they make it, it's all hot, and then they put it in the, thing, in the chiller thingy, the 
display cabinet where it's cold and then they have to get it out and reheat it. But because it's made hot, the cheese kind of melts. So now I order it and then I go around the back and I scrape the cheese off because it sticks to the bacon. It's just really dumb. Anyway, it already has rocket fuel on it. Who knows what rocket fuel sauce is? Anyone? It's one of the best barbecue sauces in the history of the universe, right? Well, I'm a big barbecue sauce guy and I just love rocket fuel. And so the staff know I have a standard order whenever I get one of these, which is pretty much every single morning, that I also need to get a ramekin, using the technical word for this that I just found out, a ramekin filled, I don't know if you can see it, it's filled with rocket fuel sauce. So as I eat it, I either take the lid off and just pour rocket fuel over it, like ridiculously, or I dunk it. So most of the times I dunk it. And the, the key for the dunking is you take one bite. So then there's a, an angle on it. Does it make sense? It's hard to dunk a circle. You take one little bite, now there's an angle, and then you can just dunk that bad boy in here, and then you eat it, and sometimes you really can't taste the, the muffin at all. Why? Because it's, so you ready? It's lavished in rocket fuel, right? <laughs> um, man, God loves you so much. <laughs> it's like he dunks you in his love all the time, right? Um, he, he pours his love on you. I love that word lavish, right? I, I love these muffins, but honestly, when it, it comes with the rocket fuel, I'm going to put this on the communion table. Oh, my gosh. Someone will be like, oh, yes, I'll take communion this morning with that muffin. Um, I just really wanted you to hear that, right? Um, God lavishes his love on you. This is a crazy planet, man. Getting crazier by the minute. Um, I just kind of call out to you. you you've got to keep digging into how much God loves you, how much God cares about you. It's the core of our faith, right? And the more you understand that God loves you, mad things are happening in your life on this planet, but God loves you. He's got you. He's holding you, right? And he is lavishing his love on you. I, I love that, eh? So next time you eat a muffin, breakfast muffin, just remember, oh, God lavishes his love on me. I don't know. Hey, let's look at these um, verses. You guys know these verses real well, but I just want to read a couple more from the New Testament. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to um, where we're going, Romans 5, 8. I'll start in verse 6, because this is kind of a funny, I find this a little bit of a funny passage. I mean, awesome, but kind of funny. So verse 6 says, um, this is Romans, um, where are we? Romans 5, verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at the right time and died for us sinners, which is what John was talking about with communion. And now it's kind of funny. He goes, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, so someone good, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we're still sinners. And it's this kind of thing, you're reading it, and you're like, yeah, 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 Christ might die for me because I'm so good. And God's like, yeah, no, you're not, actually. <laughs> Even if you, no, you're sinners, you're enemies of God, you're, you're not good. But it, it proves God's love for us, right? Um, jump over to that First John one. This is kind of the classic verse on uh, God's love. I, I just love this verse. Eh? Um, where are we going? First John 4. Uh, 9 and 10. So it says God showed, or God proved, is a cool way to say it. God proved how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. And, and, and I love the, the, the logic behind this verse 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I, I just love that. There's just so much truth in the Bible about God's love for us, God caring for us, right? And again, I just think that's a key of our faith. The more we understand about how much God loves us, he cares about us, desires a relationship with us, wants to hear us pray, the more this whole crazy Christian thing makes sense, right? Um, 
So anyone, this is confession time, like not really, but you know what I mean. Anyone love to watch older people pray and you secretly open your eyes when older people are praying? Is it just me? Wow, it's just me, okay. Right? Yeah, it's just me. That's freaking me out. That's all good. So I'm a little bit evil and I love watching people pray, especially older people, because a lot of older people have been through the, the ringer of life <laughs> and they've popped out the other end and they, they know God's got them and God loves them, right? And this sounds really weird, but so I'm a, I'm a big eye-open person when people are praying. I do it all the time, which there's no verses in the Bible saying you have to close your eyes, so I'm okay. I'm not going to lose my salvation. Um, but I remember one of the best ones ever, and this is kind of weird. So I was about eight or nine, which is just like, I don't know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, and my dad, who used to preach all over the place, was preaching in Rotorua. And so I went with him, as I used to do a bit, and they had a, like an open time where anyone could jump up and pray. And this super old dude, like really old. So do you need, who's, who's she with? Just so she can find her folks. Oh, there we go, cool. All good. Sorry, she was just looking lost. We don't want you to get lost. You're good? Cool, cool. Um, and so the super, old, so I was like eight or nine, right? And the super old guy got up to pray, and he prayed in the old, what we call the old King James, the old Victorian English, with the thee and the thou and the we beseech us thee, Almighty God, and all that crap. Which for a little eight or nine year old, you're like, nah, I got nothing, right? But because I'm an evil, eye open praying guy, it was freaky watching him pray. Now this sounds really weird, and I'm not meaning he literally did this, but it felt like he started to glow. It really did as I was watching this old digger pray. It just felt like, I was like, whoa, this is freaking me out. And I don't think it was glowing, but the, the, the deep joy in his heart as he talked about God and his relationship with God. And he ended his little prayer, it was only a short prayer, in tears as he just talked about God's love and God's care. And, and so ever since then, I'm like a big eye-open pray guy. So we have um, a couple of prayer times here at church and no one will see me because they've all got their eyes shut, but I'm regularly got my eyes open. I'm part of the prayer, but I'm watching because, yeah, I know, especially you and it, no. Um, again, it's this whole thing that the more people understand God loves them and cares for them, the more they're going to call out to God in prayer, right? I love it. So I want to say it again. I know I've said it about five times, but I want to say this again. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you are doing, no matter what you're not doing that you think you should be doing, you really matter to God. He loves you way more than you get. He cares about you way more than you understand. You're really important to Him, right? So the first little part of this is um, you matter to God, so your prayers matter. And then the second little thought is this one, um, some common misconceptions about prayer. Now, I want to say this carefully. I'm going to kind of laugh probably when I talk about these, but if you hold it, I apologize in advance. I'm not trying to be rude to you, right? But I just find these ones kind of crazy. So here's just a couple of little misconceptions that I've heard and I'm sure you've heard as as well about prayer. Here's the first one. Um, Pray only for the big stuff and take care of all the other stuff. Has anyone ever heard that? Is it just me again? Wow, it's just me. Man. Now let's try again, because I'm sure some of you have heard it. And you're doing that weird, like listening with your hands down. Anyone heard this? Yeah, there's a few of us cool people. Everyone else. You're not cool. Nah. I've heard this heaps over the years. And what this means is that, oh my gosh, God is way too important, way too big, way too majestic, way too whatever you want to say, to worry about all my little stuff. I'll take the big things to him, but I should sort all the little things. I'm not going to take that to God, which to me is bonkers, right? Because um, God loves you and he cares about you, and why on earth wouldn't you take everything to him, right? Um, and then a verse that you guys know well, and this is a verse, most of us read this pretty regularly because it's such a legit verse, but it's so clear saying God cares about everything. Take everything to him. I love it. So this is it here, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I love this. Don't worry about anything. Instead of worrying, pray about 
everything. <laughs> Turn to someone beside you and say to them, pray about everything. Is that okay? Cool? Disobedient. That was the word I was looking for. This is a disobedient church. I say, turn and say, and like half of you are like, <laughs> half of you are just like, nah, refuse, bro. Not gonna, you can't force me. Nah. <laughs> Let me read again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then, <laughs> then, so if you've done that, then, I love that, eh? Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. And I live in Christ Jesus. Man, I just love that, eh? Everything. Everything. Anything that you're worried about, God wants to be a part of that. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing too big, obviously. We take the big stuff, but there's nothing too small either. You never pray about something and God's like, oh my gosh, are you serious? That is such a dumb prayer, right? It's just, that's not there, right? Car parks, maybe, I don't know. That's between you and Jesus to figure out. Should we pray about car parks? Everything all right? Car parks? I don't know. I always feel bad praying for a car park because then God might give it to me, but then someone who really needed it turns up and God's like, oh, I'm out of car parks. What do I? No, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, here's the second one. Here's the second misconception, right? Um, oh, this is pretty funny. When we name and claim anything, God will magically concede our desires. <laughs> if we name and claim anything, God will magically concede our desires. Who's heard this one before? Anyone heard this one? Yeah, heaps of us, eh? Um, to, to me, and I don't want to get carried away on this, but the danger in this is it flips God's sovereignty to make me sovereign over God. Does it make sense? Because now I'm kind of controlling God because I can ask for anything, and as long as I pray, and often people say, as long as you pray in Jesus' name, then God has to do it. It's like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's sovereign over us. He is the boss over us. We take our request to him like this with open hands, and we go, please, if it's your will, you know. Um, we, we, we tell him what we want, but, but then we, we say it with open hands, right? Um, and, and you guys know this, but I felt like I just wanted to say this anyway. And the classic way God answers is with yes, no, wait, right? So a lot of people would say, like, green light, red light, yellow light, right? And a lot of you, when you see a yellow light, it doesn't mean wait, it means speed up. Amen? Who's, yeah, Mike, definitely, Simon, all the guys are like, yeah, all the women are like, yeah, I know, my husband, my gosh, not even. So, the, so heaps of times when we pray, we pray in line with what God wants for us, in line with his will, and he's like, yeah, definitely, let's go. Heaps of times too, we just pray dumb stuff, Right? I'm really glad God doesn't answer all my prayers because heaps of them I pray, God's like, oh my gosh, no, if I answered that, <laughs> you're nuts, you know, you don't see the big picture or you're just asking out of um, wrong motives, ambition and stuff, right? So sometimes it's a green light, sometimes it's, yeah, let's go. Sometimes it's no, and that can frustrate us, right? Um, and often, I find in my life, often it's wait, it's a yellow light, which means slow down and stop, right? It doesn't mean speed up, Mike Taylor. Um, Slow down and wait, right? Um, and I think that the older you get, the wiser you get, the more you understand your relationship with God, the more you connect with God, the more you start seeing those really clearly. Because otherwise it's really hard and it's really confusing and you're praying about something and you're like, I think God's saying. So one of the things I'd encourage you to do is we have lots of very cool, wise people in this church. Most of them are a little bit older, not all of them. If there's something you're wrestling with and you're like, man, I don't know, am I getting a green, a red, a yellow? I'm lost. Go to one of them and just say, hey, could we have coffee sometime or can I text you sometimes and say, this is what I'm praying about, but I'm just, I don't know what God's saying. And 
they're going to be like, yes, that'll be amazing. <laughs> they can just help guide you because they're just a bit further down the journey of, of life than you are, right? So, cool. I know you guys know that, but it's all good. Okay, here's the last little bit. Well, um, Jesus invites us to pray. So this proves our prayers matter to God, right? Because <laughs> Jesus wouldn't say, wait, you guys should pray if it wasn't a good idea. So I want to read um, just the first part of that, Matthew 7, again, that um, Emily read awesomely before. So if you've got your Bible, jump back to Matthew 7. Where are we going? Seven. I'm just going to read verse 7 again. So I'm reading this in the New Living Translation, and this is what it says, verse 7 of Matthew 7. It says, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Um, in the Greek, um, so this was obviously written in Greek um, by Matthew. In the Greek, the words that he uses here is very clear saying it's something you should do, and you should keep on doing. It's a tense thing, but no one really cares about it, right? So the way the New Living Translation's translated is really, really good. It's literally saying, ask and keep on asking. Don't just ask once. Keep on asking. Seek, and then keep on seeking, right? Um, so a couple of things that come out of these verses to me when we're thinking about prayer. Here's the first one. It's kind of not rocket science. Prayer requires asking, right? Um, prayer requires asking. And I say this to myself all the time. <laughs> I wonder how many times I miss out on something from God just because I didn't ask. <laughs> like for you, I wonder how many times this week God wanted to bless you or guide you or discipline you <laughs> or provide for you, but for some reason you didn't ask him. You didn't call out to him and say, God, can you help? <laughs> um, there's this crazy verse in James, and yeah, and, and the first part I don't think applies to us, but I'm a let's read the whole verse guy anyway, so I'll read it. But there's the middle bit which I put in bold that to me is just really key. So um, here's this verse, these, a couple of verses from James 4, 2 and 3. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Hopefully there's not too many of you in the church scheming and killing to get what you want. But if you are, come and talk to me afterwards. We might need to go and see the cops. Um, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. I'm like, man, these people James is writing to are just insane, right? We're, hopefully we're not fighting. But this is the key bit. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. <laughs> um, just that key little bit in the middle, eh? Um, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it, eh? Um, I talk to God about everything. I'm sure sometimes God's like, oh my gosh. No, he never is, right? I just pray about all sorts of stuff and leave it with him. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here, God, but I'm asking you answer yes, no, wait. Um, there's a cool quote here from John Calvin. So John Calvin was a, a pastor, theologian back in the 1500s, so it's a little bit old school, um, the way he says this. But I, I just love this, this quote from from John. I call him John. Dr. Kelvin. Um, this is what he wrote. Our prayer must not be self-centered. It must arise not only because we feel our own need as a burden we must lay upon God, but also because we are so bound up in love for our fellow men that we feel their need as acutely as our own. That's cool, eh? I'm going to read that first part again. Our prayer must not be self-centered. It must arise not only because we feel our own need as a burden we must lay upon God, but also because we are so bound up in love for our fellow men that we feel their need as acutely as our own. I love this last bit. To make intercession for men is the most powerful and practical way in which we can express our love for them. I love that, eh? I'm going to read that last bit again. I'll say people because I feel weird saying that. To make intercession for people 
is the most powerful and practical way in which we can express our love for them. Because we're talking to the creator of the universe, right? <laughs> because prayer matters, because you matter to God, because God literally changes things based on our prayer. And I was like, man, that's such a cool way to think about it. When I pray for, I pray for you guys all the time, right? Some of you not much because you're a bit weird, but some of you need a lot of prayer. No, I'm joking. Pray for you guys all the time. And, it, and this sounds, I was like thinking about this week and I was like, oh man, I really do love those crazy Agorians or whatever we're called, right? And it really is because I love you. Because I was thinking about it. Why do I spend time praying for you all? Part of it's because I'm paid to pray for you, but forget that. It's because I love you. I care about you. And then I was reading this quote and I was like, ooh, that's so cool. Um, I know there's heaps of you here who pray for each other because you love that person and you know the best way you can express that love is to take that person before God and say, God, <laughs> they're struggling, they need you now. Ah, oh, I love that quote, eh? Um, and then the other thing here is um, prayer requires persistence, right? Prayer requires persistence. And you see it really clearly in that verse, keep on asking, um, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And similar to what I said before, man, I just wonder in my own life, how many times have I missed out on something from God because I gave up? I just prayed for a short time instead of that persistence, that keeping on, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on, until I get one of the, <laughs> the, the, the green, the red, the yellow, and go, okay, go on. All right, it's question time. So I know some of you love this, some of you hate this, but I've got the remote, so I'm in control. Um, here's a couple of questions. What are some other misconceptions you've heard about prayer? How do you respond to these? And the second question to me is, is kind of a key one. What would be some easy ways for someone to start praying who doesn't pray a lot? So what would be an easy way for someone to start praying who doesn't pray much? And they're sitting here now going, oh my gosh, Craig, yeah, I need to start praying, but I don't know how would I do that, right? So if you're visiting with us, which is awesome, kia ora, good to see you visitors. Um, what we do now is we literally chat. So for maybe two or three minutes, we're just going to grab a friend and have a chat. But the rule is always, if you stare at the screen, that means you and Jesus are hanging out and you don't want to be disturbed. So if you see someone staring at the screen, they literally are like, I just am talking to God, so please don't bug me, okay? So carefully look around, but if they're not staring at the screen, pounce on them and say, let's talk about this. So there's the question, grab a friend, have a chat. We'll carry on a mo. What's Grant staring at the screen? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Worst elder ever. I'll go and talk to Laura. Or do you want to go and talk to Laura? Yeah. I think she's just by herself. I don't know. All good. Well, the other ones, I had quite a few more, but some of them were really grunty, and I was like, I just don't have time to unpack it. But I know a big one is that prayer just doesn't work. God really doesn't listen. I think that's a big one. Um, which I'm kind of trying to argue against in the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I might talk about that one. Yeah. 
Nah, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, what's um? Let's just do the second one, eh? Um, not worry about the misconceptions. One. What about the second one? What would be some things if there's someone sitting here that's like, man, I just never pray. What would be some keys you would say to them? Some things that are helpful. Anyone got any I think ideas? It's time yeah. What does that mean, Louise? That, that means that means you know being able to take the time to sit down. Yeah. And just pray. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's cool, eh? That's cool. Yeah, what were you going to say? Oh. Yeah, totally, eh? That's good. Yeah, I love the word chatting, eh? I think that's cool. Just talking to God. We don't have to, no disrespect to the old King James prayers, but God doesn't speak King James. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, true. Yeah, God loves the King James prayer. As much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, eh? No, that's cool. What were you going to say, Annie? I was just going to say, like, you treat them, but one is that when we're praying, we're not asking God for our desires, we're asking Him for our needs. Mm. As soon as you change it from God to need, it's much easier. Yeah, that's and cool. if you really struggle with prayer, I always say to people, do something while you're praying. So mm. that's, that's yeah, that's cool. what people say. So I remember when I started to really need to pray, when somebody told me to do it when I vacuumed, Oof. And so I'd be vacuuming and the kids would be roaring. Yeah, yeah. And I could pray out loud. No one could hear me. Yeah. <laughs> Coming. And I, and I think that's, that's the thing. It's like... Yeah, that's cool. Go to a comfort place. Yeah, that's cool. Don't think you've got to go to this... Like, I sat really methodically and think you've got to sit in some corner. Yeah, yeah. Like, now that's... I'll just repeat it so the video hears it and stuff. Yeah, so Annette's saying... Um, one of the things Annette's saying is uh, do something while you pray because some people find it really hard to just sit silently and pray. Um, so Annette would say she would vacuum because then her kids, she has five boys, madness, um, couldn't hear her and she could pray and do stuff. It's cool, eh? Anyone else? Maybe one more person? Are we all good? Crazy, eh? I love that, eh? Yeah, so she, um, John's saying, um, what was her first name? Susanna Wesley. So I think she had 13 children in the end, and it was really hard to pray. So the rule with the kids was when the apron was over her head, that was just her and God hanging out. And apparently there's stories of the kids when she did it being like, woohoo, and just going chaotic in the house. But she was praying. It's so I love that, John. That's cool, eh? What were you going to say, Halei? What were you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Like Halei's saying you could write it down like as a letter. That's cool. I've seen heaps of people do that, and it helps you stay on track. And often then when you go back and read them later, it's like, oh, my gosh, God answered that. I'd forgotten. Or, no, oh, that's cool, eh? Cool. Hey, so I just chucked down um, a couple of little ideas. Um, so prayer requires us being real intentional, right? Um, I think that's a key thing. It doesn't just pop up. So one of the things I use all the time is Lectio 365. Anyone heard of that? So I'm going to chuck a link to it in the newsletter. So it's just a real simple app, and it kind of guides you through a prayer. So it takes, if you read it, you could read it in like three or four minutes, but they also do it as an audio. So I often listen to it when I'm walking somewhere or driving into church, and they'll read like a, a little bit of a psalm and a little comment on that and, and stuff. I, I just love it. I found it super helpful for, for praying. So I'll chuck a link up for that, and you just download it. It's free. It's cool. Um, another one, <laughs> this is kind of an advert for church, <laughs> um, attend some of the prayer times here at church. Yeah, I knew Annette and Kumlana would be like, woohoo, so they kind of lead this. Hey, so we have two different prayer times here at church, so Thursday, 9.30 or 10.30, Sunday, 9.15 to 9.45. Um, and again, no guilt, because I know heaps of you are like, bro, I have this thing called a job. What am I going to just be like to my boss? Hey, I'm clocking out for an hour, and they'll be like, what are you doing? Um, we've had people video um, call into it and stuff, so if you're at home, you could video call into um, either of these people come and go, so um, often both of them, people turn up, they're there for five, ten minutes, and then they disappear and stuff, so it's kind of cool. Um, and then the last one, this is kind of wild, and I'm going to read an illustration in a minute, is just simply talking to God, right? Um, I think sometimes we overcomplicate prayer, and we turn it, it's kind of what this lady here was saying, we turn it into this special, and I say this carefully, the special, sacred, almost scary thing. And it's not. It's just talking to God like we normally talk, right? Um, and so one thing I've heard from a lot of people over the years who were like, I don't even know how to talk to God, is literally sit on a chair, put a chair across from you, <laughs> and imagine Jesus is sitting there because he's always with us, and then just talk to him. And then shut up <laughs> and listen, because a big part of prayer is listening, right? Um, so I want to read a, a, a little story here. This is a Longish, but it's still really cool. So this is by Brendan Manning. So Brendan Manning, um, author, long story. Um, and it, this is a true story, which I found this really interesting. So this is just talking about the, the simplicity of prayer. So um, this, he's talking about a, a father who was dying from cancer, and he really start, struggled to pray. And then Brendan Manning tells a story. Um, the old, old man's daughter had asked the local priest to come and pray with her father. When the priest arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on two pillows and an empty chair beside the bed. The priest assumed that the old fellow had been informed of his visit. I guess you're expecting me, he said. No, who are you? <laughs> I'm the new associate at your parish, the priest replied. When I saw the empty chair, I figured you knew I was going to show up. Oh, yeah, the chair, said the bedridden man. Would you mind closing the door? <laughs> Puzzled, the priest shut the door. I've never told anyone this, not even my daughter, the old man said. But all my life, I've never known how to pray. At the Sunday Mass, I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer, but it always went right over my head. And finally, I said to him one day, in sheer frustration, I get nothing out of your homilies on prayer. Here, says my pastor, reaching into the bottom drawer of his desk, read this book by Hans Urs von Balthasar. He's a Swiss theologian. It's the best book on contemplative prayer in the 20th century. Well, Father, says the man, I took the book home and tried to read it, but in the first three pages I had to look up 12 words in the dictionary. <laughs> I gave the book back to my pastor, thanked him, and under my breath whispered, for nothing, I abandoned my attempt at prayer. He continued, until one day, about four years ago, my best friend said to me, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. 
Here's what I suggest. Sit down on a chair, place an empty chair in front of you, and in faith see Jesus on the chair. It's not spooky because he promised, I will be with you always. Then just speak to him and listen in the same way you're doing with me right now. So Padre, I tried it. And I've liked it so much that I do it for a couple of hours every day. (laughs) I'm careful though, if my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, she'd either have a nervous breakdown or send me off to the funny farm. (laughs) The priest was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old man to continue on the journey. Then he prayed with him, anointed him with oil, and returned to the church. Two nights later, the daughter called to tell the priest that her daddy had died that afternoon. Did he seem to die in peace, he asked. Yes. When I left the house around two o'clock, he called me over to his bedside, told me one of his corny jokes, and kissed me on the cheek. When I got back from the store an hour later, I found him dead. But there was something strange, Father. In fact, beyond strange. Kind of weird. Apparently, just before Daddy died, he leaned over. Oh, he leaned over and rested his head on the chair beside his bed. <laughs> I love that. A true story. So beautiful, eh? Um, I know heaps of you are like, man, I hardly ever pray. I'd encourage you to, to think, <laughs> what is one little thing I could do this week to just start talking to God and listening to God more? I know heaps of you are prayers like crazy. <laughs> but I know some of you really struggle. And to me, that's such a, an easy way to, to start, right? Hey, let me finish with this, um, this quote. I love this quote from Karl Barth. He's one of the like, greatest theologians who's ever lived. To clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. <laughs> I thought that was like really key for now. We just live in the maddest of mad um, times at the moment. And I love that. I'll read it again. To clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. Man, I love that. Eh? Hey, let's, let's all stand up. And I'm going to pray. Why not? And then we're going to sing a couple more awesome worship songs with Nick. So let me pray for us. Eh? Your mighty God, I really believe, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I really believe what I've been saying, eh? that, um, that we matter to you and therefore our prayers matter. Um, yeah, Jesus, thank you for the call to pray, which proves to us that prayer is a really good idea, <laughs> a really good thing we can do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I sometimes feel like prayer is one of those ones that falls into the weird category of of guilt. I should do it more, but I don't, and I get busy, and I forget and stuff. So I just really pray in the name of Jesus you'd remove any guilt from anyone's minds now, anyone's hearts now. I pray that instead it would be replaced with a desire. Eh? What would be just one little thing I could do this week to just spend a little more time in prayer or to start spending time in prayer? Um, yeah, thank you that you really do love to hear us pray. You love to hear us come to you with open hands and listen to you in prayer and call out to you in prayer for people we love and care about. And we, we know you, you act, you change things based on our prayers, which is just mind-blowing, God. Yeah. And he thinks that you do care about us way more than we understand, eh? Yeah, I pray all this in Jesus' name.